There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. February is Black History Month, and we believe it's important to honor, celebrate, and pass the mic to black entrepreneurs and the support organizations that help empower them. Join us as we share the contributions and accomplishments of black entrepreneurs and learn about their lived experience as founders across Canada. Stay tuned all month and look for a recap of these stories and a complete list of resources at the end of February on the Startup Canada blog. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Mona Lisa Prosper. Mona Lisa is the director of the Black Entrepreneur Startup Program for Futurepreneur Canada. Previous to this, her varied career has included roles as an entrepreneur, lawyer, human resources, and economic development. Very involved in her community, Mona Lisa is the president of the Young Women's Chamber of Commerce of Quebec and sits on multiple other boards. A proud ambassador of the importance of inclusive governance, she's also involved with organizations promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mona Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're delighted to have you. I want to jump into it and find out a little bit about your career arc your career journey, what led you to end up in the field of youth empowerment with a focus on black youth? Man, that's a big question to begin with. So <laughs> I have... Uh... Sorry, how's your day going? <laughs> My day is going very well. Thank you. How okay, about you? So tell... <laughs> that's good too. So tell me about this career journey of yours. Yes. So um, like I like to say, I have quite an eclectic uh, journey, if I may say. Um, I'm formally trained as a lawyer. I started my career as a lawyer and an entrepreneur. So me and a good friend of mine uh, co-founded a firm where we were offering both legal services and business consulting within the same firm. Um, we felt like the law field needed a little bit of a twist um, and we wanted to work closer with startups and uh, um, helping, you know, offering an, an inclusive uh, offering to help businesses uh, scale. And it was also a way, if I speak, speaking for myself, to find my way, because I went into law school more strategically than anything. And it was more of a, a means to an end for me. I, being a lawyer wasn't a big dream of mine ever since I was a child. It was more... Um, because I felt like it could take me to other places because I had so many different interests um, and I didn't know what to choose from. So that's how I, it all ended up there. Um, and it's really through that my time at the firm with my friend and the team that we built um, that I really fell in love with business, with startups, with, you know, that whole world. Um, and, you know, I did three years, about three years um, at that firm. Um, and then I chose to leave. I chose to leave because it was time in French. We say le droit mène à tout pourvu qu'on en sorte. In English, it translates into law, law leads everywhere as long as you get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> so I kind of followed that. 
um, and jumped uh, in, in order for me to be able to develop myself differently, uh, professionally and personally. So I did a couple of different things. That's how I went into human resources. I was a headhunter for a year um, with a great uh, firm where I built really, really strong relationships. And that was a way for me to explore other career um, opportunities, all while be, being uh, staying in sort of the corporate world. And through doing that, I was always involved in my community with different organizations, um, either uh, regarding women empowerment, um, uh, entrepreneurship, or diversity and inclusion. And through that, I was also able to develop, you know, different facets of uh, my professional self and kind of find my way through that um, in economic development uh, as well. And so all of that to say that all these very different things uh, led me to really jump on this great opportunity of being the director of Black of uh, Futurepreneurs Black Entrepreneur Startup Program. I saw the posting and it was really like, wow, if I I wouldn't have been able to create the job of sort of my dreams, but reading, <laughs> reading the job posting, I was like, there's no, like, this is for me, I need to try it out. And that's how it all happened. Wow. Um, that, 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 that's wonderful. When they're, when they're, they're writing job opportunities that speak directly to you, that, 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 that means a pretty good fit. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the program, but first, why don't you remind us what Futurepreneur does. Yes. So Futurepreneur has been around for a little bit over 25 years now and offers financing and mentorship to young entrepreneurs aged between 18 to 39 throughout Canada. And we offer we work only with startups. Um, and so through that and through the years, Futurepreneur has different offerings. We call them programs um, that are tailored to either uh, specific types of entrepreneurs or uh, specific demographics. So we have our core startup program. We have a side hustle program for part-time entrepreneurs because we know that there are a lot of them out there that also need financing. Um, we have our indigenous startup program. And now we have our black entrepreneur startup program that we launched last March. So we're almost a year in. And so I was um, recruited to lead that program. I actually joined Futurepreneur exactly a week after the official launch date. So I jumped right in um, and it was uh, it's been quite a journey and it's 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 a lot of fun. So why do we need a black entrepreneur program? You know, I, th I think when they started, they assumed that Futurepreneur would be colorblind and serve all communities equally. So so what have we learned since then? Yes, excellent question. You know, um, Futurepreneur has always helped different uh, types of entrepreneurs from different backgrounds and different ethnicities. But if you really want to be inclusive and equitable, you need to be able to address specific barriers. Because unfortunately, we have not reached a state of complete equality um, and and inclusion, um, you know, in in society and in any of, of the and, and at Futurepreneur, right? And so that's why, if you want to be able to, well, if we wanted to be able to live uh, our to truly live our values of diversity and inclusion, it was important to look at what we're doing, look at who we're speaking to, and see you know, what barriers are there and are we really truly giving equitable chances to everybody? And it wasn't the case. 
Um, so that's why the Indigenous Startup Program was created in 2019, and now the Black Entrepreneur Startup Program. And the way we went about it is that we took a deep dive on our process and our offering, the, the I want to say the, the regular, the core one. And every step of the way, okay, are there barriers? Are we really being equitable? And that's how we were able to create a tailored version addressed specifically to young Black entrepreneurs. And those barriers, you know, it's it's nice because in now we're in 2022 already, yes, uh, last year, so 2021, so many researches were done. Um, and we were finally able to collect data and interesting stats in Canada about the Black communities and specifically about Black entrepreneurship. And we were able to put numbers on things that we already knew, that funding was the number one barrier faced by young Black entrepreneurs, access to resources and networks as well were barriers to young Black entrepreneurs in launching su successful businesses. So with our program, what we chose to do is, first of all, um, we offer follow-on financing as part of the program. And you know, I said at the beginning, Futurepreneur only works with startups. So technically, getting a Futurepreneur loan is a one-time opportunity. But for this program, all entrepreneurs that um, access the funding the first time can come back to us in two years to get access to uh, up to $40,000 in follow-on financing. So not only do we help them launch, but we also help them scale. And there are other, um, I feel like I've been speaking a lot, but there are also other. Uh, that's okay, keep uh, going. <laughs> okay, great. So then that's the, I, that's really the key the key thing that I like to, to start by highlighting because that's really how we're, um, working in our lane, right, in our capacity to be able to have an impact. The other thing um, that we have done with this program, it was really, really important for the organization to have a team with lived experience working with those entrepreneurs um, because there's a sense of, um, I want to say closeness and understanding that you get if you have the same lived experience and that adds value to the program. So every step of the way, uh, a black entrepreneur that goes through the program can work with somebody with lived experience in making their dream a reality and working through the resources um, to build a solid, uh, a solid plan. And then um, the other thing that we've done with that program is we found a way to be a little bit more inclusive with regards to credit, but that's a tricky part though, right? We know that there are lots of credit barriers that young black entrepreneurs face and that black communities face as a whole, given that our offering is still alone um, there's still a credit check done, so there are still declines, but we found a way to be a little bit more inclusive in the way we analyze the credit files. And we also developed credit information videos that are accessible to all on our platform, um, but entrepreneurs, some entrepreneurs that would normally be uh, get declined as a part of our other programs can get the chance to access up to $10,000 of loan financing to even to be able to start. Um, but you know, it's a tricky part. There's nothing, nothing is perfect and simple. And the credit part is difficult to really, really uh, remove entire barriers since the offering is still a loan. So we wouldn't want to, uh, to um, add a financial burden to somebody that's not in a position to, uh, to fulfill it. So. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely understand it. So you mentioned, Finance, uh, credit inclusivity. Do, do I perceive that to mean sort of flexibility? Maybe we can do a little bit more if we have to. <laughs> 
it's 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 tough and that's uh it's it's a tricky uh thing to explain it's really just in our way of analyzing we're just a little bit yes we can say we're a little bit more flexible than in our other programs but it's really important for everybody uh, out there listening that we're not at all trying to say that everybody get access to the loan and that there's no credit check there is a credit check and unfortunately some people still do get declined but can always come back to us if they work on their credit and we try to direct them to the right resources absolutely that that, that makes all kinds of sense one of the things that i've always admired about uh futurepreneur is the mentorship component which is that everyone who receives a loan also gets their own mentor for a you know for a structured period of time have you found mentors for all the the people in the uh black entrepreneur startup program and do they all have that lived experience you were talking about another great question um yes mentorship is a key uh part of our program and every mentor uh, sorry every entrepreneur in the black entrepreneur startup program also get ma gets matched with a mentor it's like never alone without a mentor never a mentor without a uh, never a mentor without a loan so it always goes hand in hand now the uh lived experience piece is a little bit trickier we as part of the of my mandate i want to say with my team we do uh, have the, the the mandate to recruit mentors with lived experience, but since everything is new, we still can't guarantee. We cannot guarantee that uh, uh, we'll be able to match uh, an entrepreneur that really wants to be matched with a mentor with lived experience. We can't guarantee it yet, um, but we're really working to recruit more mentors. So I'm taking this opportunity to anybody listening. If you are a mentor with lived experience and you're interested in getting involved, please, please let us know. We're always looking for mentors to add to our database. That's cool. And what would constitute a qualified mentor? to participate in in, in, in futurepreneur programs? Yes, it depends on many things. I'll just start by saying what we require out of that mentorship relationship. So it's a two-year uh, commitment, and we ask then that the mentor and mentee meet uh, you know, at least three to five hours a month, roughly, just so that the, the relationship keeps going. And we try to have a diversified uh, base of mentors and diversified in every way, also experience. Um, so to qualify, you need to have a certain level of experience. It's ideal if you are an entrepreneur um, or have been an entrepreneur. That's really key for quite some time. I'm seeing five to 10 years and even more, that's, uh, that's even better. And we like different expertise. Um, so it's very, I want to say it's very broad, but the key things is really the, the level of experience um, and uh, understanding of entrepreneurship. Do they have to be old and gray haired? Not, not, not necessarily at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Wouldn't it be neat to get a whole bunch of uh, new young mentors into the program? Yes. I believe mentorships are really important and I believe that they can be incredible relationships that that help both sides, in fact, benefit both the, the mentor and the mentee. Just wondering if, if, if you can tell us about a, a case of a mentor and a mentee, you know, just getting along and doing amazing things so far in the Black Entrepreneurship Startup Program, if it's not too early. 
Yes. Um, actually, there's one story that comes to mind. Um, there's one entrepreneur from Alberta uh, that that's actually he was actually our very first uh, entrepreneur from the Black Entrepreneur Startup Program. Um, uh, and I can name him Sean R. Training. Um, you can go follow him. He has a very interesting uh, and fun Instagram, if I may say. Um, tell me, so tell me his name again. Sorry. Yes. Sean Raymond of Sean R. Training. Ah, OK, cool. Yes, in Alberta. Um, and I remember him telling us how uh, working with his mentor uh, allowed him to really expand his horizons. And there's, you know, a lot of times when you work in the fitness industry, you can see things, uh, well, in any industry, right? When you're an entrepreneur, you can you can tend to see things in a tunnel. Um, but working with the, the, the mentor, it allowed him to see the possibility of maybe um, building uh, franchises, right, moving forward and being so he's still uh, he's still at the very beginning, of course, but working with the mentor allowed him to see that possibility. And now he's working and, and structuring his business in a way that he'll be solid enough to be able to have franchisees moving forward and take over the country, probably. Um, and Sean was so and we speak to him quite, um, quite often. And he was so happy uh, to have the opportunity to work, uh, to, you know, to work with that mentor and be able to see uh, things more, uh, more broadly and bring his business to the next level. Because sometimes it's just that push you need. As an entrepreneur, we're so focused, right? Focused, we're working, we have like, in French, we say, uh, on a le nez collé sur ce qu'on fait. So it's like, we're, our nose is, is very, our nose and eyes are very close, close to whatever we're doing. So we tend to have a hard time to see the the bigger picture. And it's nice to have an, uh, a person from the outside looking in, having the expertise and the time to help you expand your horizons. So Shanar, I'm really excited to see your business grow and, and scale. Shanar, uh, reach out to me. I'm totally in favor of you taking over the country. So let's talk. <laughs> Mona Lisa, how can entrepreneurs get in touch with Futurepreneur and how can they get involved with uh, the Black Entrepreneur Startup Program or any of the other programs at Futurepreneur? Yes. So really visit our website, futurepreneur.ca. If it's specific for the Black Entrepreneur, you add a, a Black Entrepreneur Startup Program, you add dash BESP. Or really, if you go on our website, uh, futurepreneur.ca, you'll have access to all of the different uh, programs and also all of the different resources. Now, we have uh, so many free resources online. We have business plan templates. We have cash flow templates. And it really helps you um, in the process of um, accessing a loan with us. The, we, we ask for, of course, a business plan and cash flow projection. And it's really, uh, if you use the ones that we have, it's even better because then you have uh, all the specifics that we're already, um, already looking for. And if I can add also for the Black Entrepreneur Startup Program, we host uh, how to apply webinars. Um, every month. They're free, um, accessible to everybody. Uh, we have ads running everywhere. Um, so you can register to one of them to know a little bit more about the program, the process, um, and how you can also be one of our success stories. Right. And can you give me any idea on the, the take up so far? Are you find have you finding that, you know, you're really, uh, meeting a need? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we're almost at the one year mark and we're almost at the 100 entrepreneur mark. So it's it's really, really, really exciting to see the impact that we're having, to see how much of a need there was. And I'm already eager to get 
to year two and see all of the amazing work that uh, that we can still keep on doing. Right. Then you get to show growth in year two. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's when the rubber hits the road. Yeah. So you've been working in this space for quite some time. From what you've seen, what do you think are the biggest gaps uh, in the area of Black entrepreneurship support across Canada? Yes. Um, I would say the capacity building piece. Right now, there's a lot of different funding opportunities for Black entrepreneurs, which is amazing. But um, there's the, the part right before accessing funding, so understanding how to draft the proper business plan, how to build your cash flow projections properly, and also just how to present your business idea so that a financial in financial institution or any other organization can see value um, and is going to be able to fund you and help you grow and scale. That part right there, I see a gap. There's many organizations that are doing the work and that are doing great work. Um, there's a lot more, um, I'm, I feel, to be done. At Futurepreneur, we have, uh, like I said, we have resources. We have so many different webinars. We have the Rock My Business series. Um, that really goes through uh, the process of so the idea, the cash flow projections, and 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 the business plan and everything. Um, but there's only we don't we don't have a cohort based program, for example, and we're not a lengthy entrepreneurship school where you have a 12 week of really going in through the motion. That's not what we do. Um, there are different organizations that do that, um, but I feel like that's really that's really what's needed now because every other element moving forward. So that I would say there's our, our level at Future Printer for startups, you know, early stage funding. Um, you have different other entities that are that are working. Um, also, we have Black Innovation Capital that came out. We have the Caisse de Dépôt et Placement du Québec, the CDPQ in Quebec that have their uh, Equity uh, 253 uh, uh, fund that's there to help. Help, um, diversity entrepreneurs. So, like, I feel every other element and block in funding and, and, and helping entrepreneurs are there, but there's a little bit more to do on the capacity building side. But we're getting there, right? And and where does the responsibility lie for capacity building? Is this schools? Is it banks? Is it economic development agencies? Is it government? Is it everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Tout le monde. Tout le monde. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of it's a little bit of of everything. Um, I think that the pieces are are slowly um, being put together right now. Um, I feel like certain organizations that were that were already black focused and that had a little bit of um, uh, of, of their members being entrepreneurs are now really. Uh, laying the ground and 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 working towards building solid programs because there's so many um, uh, offerings that are specific uh, uh, to funding right after. So I think that it's it's a little bit of everybody coming together in in um, making that capacity to the level that it that it that it should be and that it will be for sure. Right. Do you, have you seen? much change from your perspective since the the summer of me too since the george floyd affair since people really started st really started getting upset about systemic barriers you know it's interesting i've been having so many conversations about that lately and it's i feel like there's a a world of difference um it's funny because what happened with George Floyd, George Floyd, sorry, two years ago, 
uh, opened the eyes of everybody. And for once, I feel like the world is finally properly listening um, to things and issues that have been going on forever and that people have been trying to push forward and to show. But I don't know, for some reason, before those events and before this, I want to say, society awakening, um, people weren't paying that much attention, organizations weren't paying that much organization. And for once, everybody's willing, everybody or almost everybody is willing to do the work. Um, and so what has happened since is that so much more visibility and understanding and wanting to discover entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs, indigenous entrepreneurs, uh, you know, just diversity and all of that, wanting to push them forward. And that's really how we're going to get to a state of, uh, of equity at, at, at one point. So definitely I see a huge change. Are we where we should be? Absolutely not, but we're definitely not where we were before. And I like to stay positive and I'm really happy with uh, the change that I've seen since then. Is there anything entrepreneurs of all kinds or particularly black entrepreneurs could do to help keep the pressure on to make sure that the attention sticks and, and you know, the necessary funds keep flowing? To keep talking about it, to keep acting yeah. uh, on it, uh, honestly. And I feel like so many different initiatives are now uh, being rolled out, whether it's, um, you know, a, a black entrepreneur or black artist, this, and this is a list. And so, and people, and so many other, um, I'm sorry, so many things, so many thoughts are going at the same time, but there's lots of um, uh, EDI, uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, professionals now, right, that are going into organizations, giving trainings, there are new positions being rolled out. And so all of these things are going to keep on opening the eyes of everybody, changing narratives, changing, uh, you know, um, removing barriers. And so if we keep on pushing People are listening now. So it's the time to keep on pushing and keep on putting us forward and keep on moving. And at one point, we won't have to do that anymore. Exactly. That's the goal, isn't it? That's a, that's very well yep. expressed. Thank you. Yeah. Mona Lisa, in a recent article for the Philanthropist Journal, you speak about a report called Unfunded, Black Communities Overlooked by Canadian Philanthropy. And that report found that most of the support... Uh, given to the black community is typically not sustained. Can you explain what the problem is here and why sustainability of support matters? Well, you know, simply put, in order to really have an impact, um, whatever you do needs to be on a long-term period. And a lot of the help and funding that has been given in the nonprofit sector there, so nothing to do directly necessarily for entrepreneurship, but more largely is sort of a one-time thing for a specific period. And then there's no way of building on it and, and making sure that it's that it lasts. And so that's really what needs to 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 change, right? To make to have a lasting impact, you need funds, you need and you need time. Because even if if I do the, um, the the parallel with what we're doing, for example, at Futurepreneur, not necessarily uh, the same, but our program is, has been running for for a year. 
I can already tell you that year two is going to be um, even better, right? We're learning every step of the way. There are things to change. But if we only had one year for this program and a, and a you know very tight limit of you know entrepreneurs that we can help, we would have an impact. But then, oh, it would have to stop, and then it wouldn't last, and then it wouldn't keep on going. So that's essentially what uh, what I was trying to to say in, in commenting about this great report unfunded. Right, right. Um... As I understand it, the, the 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 black startup entrepreneur program was itself funded by some new funding from one of the Canadian banks. Is that going to be sustainable? Can we? Was that pre-planned to be sustained for a substantial period of time? Uh, yes. So I can't go into you know much details and specifics about contracts and everything, but the goal. Oh come on. <laughs> I, I see what you're trying no, to make me do. No, no, no. But the goal uh, at Futurepreneur is to have that program be permanent. And honestly, for now, there's no, there's no end date. There's no, there's no limit. And sometimes entrepreneurs ask me, oh, I have until what date to apply or when will this program end? There's no end date and there's no uh, date limit. Fantastic. So that's the sort of thing that you were talking about to, to, to create more sustainable, more longer lasting uh, programs that that people can depend on, can plan for, and that the programs themselves can build and learn and get better. Exactly. Because without with, without that, the experience just gets lost and dissipated, and then we we're starting all over again, all of the time. So maybe you could walk us through the importance of investing in the next generation of young black entrepreneurs. Uh, is this just about entrepreneurship or is it about something more? Oh, I mean, it's definitely about uh, about more than, than that. Um, but if, if we narrow it down to entrepreneurship, I think especially for the black communities, um, entrepreneurship is, I wouldn't say entrepreneurship is not new. Definitely not, but there's this sense of aversion to risk that a lot, especially for um, people like me who are second generation immigrants, um, we come here, our parents came here, our grandparents came here, or whoever before, most of the time came here or left the country for stability, right? And, and so there's a, an aversion to risk and to all these different things that comes with that. And... Um, it's important also to, to change the mentalities and empower uh, the youth. So the next generations that are here now and they're seeing all these opportunities and in a, in a very different society, I must say. Um, and so it's important to invest in them in order for them to develop um, prosperous, uh, prosperous uh, um, uh, businesses to, uh, to create jobs, to create wealth for themselves, for their families, for, for their communities, and then become models, right? Representation is key and is important. If you, you can't, uh, you can't become what you don't see, right? And so all of that, I feel, is all linked together. It's important for us to invest in the next generation of entrepreneurs, but it's important here to note that it's also important to invest in the current generation, right? And just to keep on keep on pushing and propelling ourselves so that the goal of you know so that the goal of it all that so that we don't need to 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 um, to keep on having these mo these movements anymore, so that we reach you know a state of equity at one point. Right. So 
Do you think that uh, programs such as yours can help in ways beyond sort of the job creation slash job replacement impact of creating new entrepreneurs and businesses? I mean, does it go, can it address any of the more systemic challenges that are out there? I think so. I think so because, um, an you know, an entrepreneur that we were able to fund today that becomes uh, a big corporation tomorrow and that is able to impact communities in other ways, we we would have we will have played a small part in that, you know, in a way. And and it's just I think like with anything. Um, the work that we're doing, I find is, uh, well, of course, it's it's important, but it helps in, in so many other ways. And what I love most, right, well, at the, at the stage we're in, when you're in um, with this program is trying to give as much visibility opportunities and, and putting the entrepreneurs uh, that we help fund forward and giving them opportunities to shine so that in turn they can inspire others or they can inspire your younger ones to see all the possibilities that are out there. So yes, I do hope uh, that we have an impact much larger than only specific to entrepreneurship. Right. Are the, You mentioned representation. Representation is so important. We needed a a whole generation of entrepreneurs to go out and, and, and make it big in the 80s and 90s to inspire the entrepreneurs of, of this century. Are there role models that, that, that you can point your clients to in terms of successful black entrepreneurs in Canada that they can admire and learn from? Yes, I mean, um, just right off my right off the top of my head, West Hall uh, is extremely. I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. <laughs> From Kingsdale, uh, yeah. the founder of the Canadian Council of Business Leaders Against Anti-Black Systemic Racism. So he suddenly emerged as a mover and shaker, which is wonderful. And and a dragon on CBC TV. They they snapped him up. Yeah, which is huge. Um, yeah. Here in Quebec, we have Franz Saint-Élémy, um, who's amazing, has done so much for the community and keeps on doing so much for the community and is such a, a role model. Um, you know, there's a lot of Amina Gerbao. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot now. And it's nice that we're, uh, that they're being put forward. And I'm excited to get to know more. Um, and for everybody to get to know more as well, and that we build no new, new, new role models um, for everybody out there. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm um, just getting back to the um, to the process of community building and and entrepreneurship building and capacity building. Um, we're seeing a lot more partnerships being used in business and government and nonprofit settings. Um, just wondering what you see as the uh, advantages or, or even the weaknesses of forming partnerships with other organizations in the ecosystem in order to, you know, meet common goals? Yes, I think building partnerships is key. Um, there's a saying in French that goes, uh, seul on va vite, mais ensemble on va loin. So alone you go fast, but together you go far. On dit um, la même chose en anglais. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> 
you know, sometimes it pops up in my head in one language and I'm like, I'm just <laughs> translated. I don't know. Uh, so great. So, yeah. And I love that saying because it's so true and it's it, it, it it's true as well in, in business partnerships and organizations partnering together, um, whether it's having access to wider networks, having access to uh, more funds, um, having access to more resources, expertise. It's extremely important. Um, RBC, our program, uh, Futurepreneurs, Black Entrepreneur Startup Program is funded by RBC. And our partnership with RBC so far has been amazing. Uh, it's great to work with them. Um, and they always try to do their best within their different teams throughout Canada to be able to help um, build awareness for the program, showcase our entrepreneurs and, and help in any way that they can. So partnerships like that, I think, are important. And in turn, uh, ever since I joined Futurepreneur, and, and I keep on saying this, the success of uh, the program relies on how well we work with our ecosystem partners and all the community organizations on the ground throughout Canada that are already working with the Black communities. Um, and it's how well we work with them. We're all working towards the same goal. So partnering up with them will help us uh, have a, an even bigger impact. So for me, uh, partnerships are key. Yeah. Are you still looking for partners? Can you tell us anything about, you know, what, what, what partners you might be looking for if if you're still looking for any yeah, we're always open to different kind of partnerships and we like to be creative. Uh, there are so many different needs. So if ever you're interested in getting involved um, in any way or if your organization is looking for a way to be involved with uh, Black entrepreneurs, Indigenous entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and our, uh, our corporate engagement team will be very, very happy to find new ways. Mona Lisa, I'm wondering if there's something that you're most proud of related to your work with young black founders across Canada? When you look back and say, hey, we're making a difference, what do you think of? Hmm. You know, I, it's going to sound, it, it, might, it might sound cliche, but whenever I get to speak with an entrepreneur and I see how good they're doing, or when I receive an email from an entrepreneur um, saying, oh, the renovations are done, I, fi I was finally able to open my dental clinic or my store or anything, and then you keep on seeing them grow, that really brings me so much joy and shows how, you know, concrete impacts uh, that, that, we're, that we're having and that what we're doing is important. It's really as simple as that one year in, but in five to 10 years, when we see big uh, companies that have come from um, this program, it'll be even more fulfilling to see that. You're not responsible for this, so I can ask you, um, do you have a feel, have there many, been any like big successes that have come out of Futurepreneur in general? I mean, it's been around for 25 years. Yes, um, I can name uh, Majuri. Uh, I know we've, we, we, uh, Mijuri was, uh, was, a uh, I want to say a future printer funded company, uh, Nix also, uh, was a future printer funded company. Uh, these are the, the two that come to mind, smart suites as well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, then uh, they're all big companies now that are uh, taking over, taking over Canada and the world slowly. So it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, no, it's good to hear because, you know, we get so involved with the day to day. Sometimes we don't see the big picture and see that, you know, uh, these things do happen to real entrepreneurs and, uh, the, the, and planting the right seeds early on can create in, in incredible successes as we go yeah. along. 
Fantastic. So I wish you great luck with uh, the, the new program and the second year when you really put up the metrics and show what you can do. We've been talking with Mona Lisa Prosper, the director of the Black Entrepreneurs Program at Futurepreneur. And Mona Lisa, the last question we traditionally ask our guests at the Startup Canada podcast is if you have any actionable advice for entrepreneurs that they could put into practice in their business immediately. So let's focus this on young black entrepreneurs, since that's the group you know best. What would you advise them to do right now to make a real difference in their business or their business plan? Mm. I would say three things. Think big, fall in love with the problem and not the solution. Make sure that you differentiate yourself and don't be afraid of failing. So try as soon as, as fast as you can build that uh, minimum viable product right away, find clients and test, 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 whatever it is that you're doing. Was that only three? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then a fourth popped, popped up as I was speaking. So there you All go. Right. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, tell me just what you meant by don't fall in love or fall in love with the problem, not the solution. So, so what is it? What's behind that? Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, um, when you build a company, a product, a service, or anything, sometimes you're really uh, focused on that that product or that or that serving service that you're offering, and you're not listening to the client's need enough. And so, when I say uh, to fall in love with the problem and not the solution, make sure that you're resolving the problem and that you're able to pivot, that you're flexible enough to make changes so that you're really able to address what it is that you're trying to address instead of staying focused on your initial idea. Right. So all that stuff we hear about resilience and pivoting and everything, it's, it's actually a good Oh, idea. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Mona Lisa, thank you very much. I, 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 again, I wish you tremendous success at the uh, Black Entrepreneur Startup Program. And you can find out more information about it at futurepreneur.ca. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Mona Lisa. We'll talk again. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. <laughs>